Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. You heard it. Reno is on board. Vegas, you've been here. It is Cofield and Company. A uh, busy day today. Busy day for everyone. A lot going on in Las Vegas. A lot going on in Reno. Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet is in town. She was over at the Mountain West Conference Women's Media Day and actually had a chance to sit down with her. We usually do a, a weekly spot. So uh, did it face-to-face, and we talked about the rivalry and this game coming up, UNLV and uh, the Wolfpack, and I started off by saying, hey, it's a hell of an opportunity here for Ken Wilson. He needs to win a game here and break this streak. They need wins, and what better win than if Nevada could get a win against UNLV to snap this 15-game skid. I think a lot of things haven't gone the Wolfpack's way. They've came close, you know, but Coach Wilson has said we got to play in all three phases in order to really – win a football game and that's something that Nevada hasn't done this year they've struggled on offense special teams has been playing well you know defense has surrendered a lot of yards early on yes it was some tougher competition when you're taking on Kansas and USC but uh, I think you know a Wolfpack win would certainly uh, help ease a lot of emotions that have been going on in Wolfpack fan land these last several weeks. Resorts World, Mountain West Conference Media Days, men and women, Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet is with us. It's ESPN Las Vegas on the road for this portion of the show. What is Ken Wilson like? Like, can, Have you seen it? Has he, has he talked about the rivalry and kind of gotten a little extra juicy over it? Because I'll tell you, Odom has played it really, really cool. Like he says it's an important game, but there's, none, there's been none of this personal stuff. I mean, I would expect... I would expect Wilson to have a little of that personal stuff because he's been around the program for so long. Exactly. He's been around it for so long. When Chris Alt was here, he was an assistant under Coach Alt for so long. He's been a part of so many of these games. You know, when I was talking with Dion Washington, one of Nevada's defensive ends, he said, hey, I really didn't understand the meaning of this rivalry until Coach Wilson and Coach Alt were talking with us about it. And this was a guy who was, was here under Coach Norvell, you know, in his first year. And, uh, so really, he didn't truly understand it and what it means. And I think, you know, for these guys having Coach Wilson, who's been a part of so many games, he's no stranger to it. And, you know, they need to need to go out and put their best foot forward here uh, for Coach Wilson and to, you know, represent this university to, to try and get a win. Do you know if they do anything special? Has Wilson indicated that? Has anyone on the program indicated bringing in speakers? Um, Caleb Herring, who's a big part of our show, mentioned that in the past when he played, they had a different speaker come in to talk about the importance of the rivalry like every day of the week. Have you heard anything from Wilson about trying to get him amped up from others? I haven't yet. No, I have not. Well, I know, but I know I, down here, Hunky Cooper, who played for UNLV, was at San Diego State. He's a, a local legend in terms of a high school coach and a mentor. Um, they did mention that on Monday to get ready for the week that he spoke, and he's a pretty fiery guy. So I'd, I, I would love to be in either one of the, the rooms when uh, some former players come in because you're right. I don't think the the younger players and especially newcomers, and then you know guys who are coming in from California, other regions, Texas, they don't know, no. and they should know. No, they should know because even it's crazy. I didn't, you know, when it, I first got here, I didn't know, and then when I became part of it, really covering UNLV, I was like, wow. These fan bases do not like each other. <laughs> well, and Dion Washington, this is a kid who grew up in Las Vegas. He went to Shadow Ridge High School, and he was like, I, you know, my first memory of it was the 2019 game when there was a brawl. 
back. That's a good start to uh, understanding it. So he or said, a bad hey, start by, by I was watching counts. that on TV, and he's like, man, I knew these two teams were rivals, but wh- why, why, why so much hostility? Yeah. You know, <laughs> were you there that day? I was there that day. Where were you on the on the field? Gosh, where was I? I was on Nevada's sideline. Did you I go think, anywhere near the fracas or just kind of watch from afar? What'd you do? You know, actually. You got to get the I, shots. I know, but I had to leave. Get like out of third here. Third quarter. I had no to go way. cover a, a state championship football game. There was a semifinal oh, wow. in town over at Bishop Minogue. So I was there for like literally first half, third quarter, left. I was listening on the radio, though, yeah. in my ear as I was shooting a, I think it was Bishop Minogue and Liberty were playing. It was a snowy, cold day. Oh, wow. State semifinal game. So, uh, yeah, that I was, was listening to the whole thing, though, unravel. And, man, it was, it was kind of crazy to hear yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, I wound up making my way into the end zone as fists were flying and people were getting thrown around. And then all of a sudden I was like, I got to get out of here because uh, I could, you know, get some, some wide shots, get a, get a, a, a hit to the dome. Um, so the rivalry is, it's, it's super intense, and both teams have a lot to play for. Nevada's got to start winning games. And uh, now UNLV squarely has a chance here to get to bowl eligibility, which is very cool. From the Nevada side, and I don't know if you've done like a full scout on UNLV, in terms of the units for Nevada, what would you worry most about? Um, the D handling UNLV's offense or the other way? I would say probably the D handling UNLV's offense just because, you know, UNLV has ran the ball for, what, more than 300 yards the last two games now. So I think, you know, being able to stop the run, I think that's been going to be big. But uh, on the other hand, you know, what can Nevada get going offensively? I feel like it's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde. You know, every week has kind of been something different. So what's Nevada going to be able to put together? And is UNLV's defense going to be prepared for that. Well, the, D, the UNLV D has been really good against the run. They're averaging, I think, they're 22nd in the country. They're giving up about 100 yards a game. So, obviously, that is Nevada's strength. The shakiness right now with UNLV is on the back end with their defensive backs because there's a little confidence that's been lost, and they're beat up. Um, but the problem is that's not Brendan Lewis's game, right? So then do you want to go most of the game with Bianco in there? Well, that could also be a question because that's a great point there. Uh, Coach Wilson did say at his press conference on Monday that Brendan Lewis uh, will be the guy still going out there on Saturday getting the start. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, maybe as the game evolves, hey, maybe the pack does go to Bianco for some reps, you know. Um, I think it's kind of tough to say because how is UNLV's defense going to respond? And yeah, they have been off to a great start. Shannon Kelly's with us. You can follow her on Twitter at Shen Kelly underscore TV. So in a way, looking at uh, Reno, uh, the city, and then the program, Nevada, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills a little bit here because forever, you know, the basketball program was kind of aspiring to be what the football program is, and now it's kind of flipped. And then on top of that is this new idea for a new arena uh, over at Grand Sierra. Now, Chris Murray, one of your coworkers, said he's, you know, he's a little bit skeptical about what's going to happen you tell me, has there been projects in the past, suggestions, there's been talk about arenas and things that have fallen through, are there battle scars, and that's why he's skeptical? Yeah, uh, Chris does a great job. You can read his mailbag every week over on our website, nevadasportsnet.com, and that was a big talking point this this week, that there have been a handful of projects across northern Nevada that have not come to fruition. So that does, you know, 
potentially give for some skepticism there. But I think this project in particular, with the way the announcement was, this was a huge announcement at Lex Night Club inside the Grand Sierra Resort, where hundreds of people were there. Um, it would be very strange to me that if this thing were to not come to fruition, given how big that announcement was. Chris said this is one of the biggest announcements he had seen in his time, right. you know, and he's been in the market for more than two decades prior to the announcement. Like, this is such a big deal. So I think, you know, it, it would be very strange if things were not to come to fruition, especially considering University of Nevada President Brandon, Brian Sandoval's relationship with Alex Murillo. It's gone back many years. Mm. So, um, And we're yes, talking about, like, in our case we'll here, we've had... We've had shaky owners who were going to build an arena. Like, where's the money coming from? We've had leagues that needed to give us teams to get then get an arena done. That's not that's not the case with this one. And Marulo, I mean, while he's got this working, I I think he'll get something worked out for the Coyotes and an arena. But in the end, I think he'll probably just pay for it. He'll just get a massive loan. So he's got the goods. Yeah. So if if you're looking for someone who's trustworthy, I kind of trust it. But you guys know better than I do. I mean, we'll see, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, Once there's a know. shuffle in the ground, you never do know. Uh, but I would think it would be a really big investment on the Wolf's Pack's part to, you know, put all this together, you know, go through all of this if, if they weren't confident enough in Morello and the, the leadership and, and the situation to try and make this happen. Preliminary uh, talks would have we'll the women see. still playing at Lawler? Yeah, so the women will still be playing over at what Lawler Event Center. It's there interesting. Gonna be, is, is there going to be uh, anger over that? that? Hey, you got a new arena. Why can't the women play there? You know, we asked Coach Levins. She was at the announcement uh, that day, and we asked her about it. And, you know, she said, hey, we have a chance to, br to brand Lawler Event Center as the home of the Wolfpack women's basketball team. They have the own arena, their arena, to themselves That's now. That's a good way to look at it. Um, you know, and it certainly could use some upgrades. Uh, a lot of things, you know, at Lawler haven't been updated. Then it's also a question of maybe does the Wolfpack volleyball team go play there as well? They've been playing over at Virginia Street Gym, the historic gym, which could also use some upgrades. Yeah. So, you know, what does that look like moving forward? But now, yeah, they do have their own home still um, on campus. But it is it is interesting to see. Hopefully they'll be able to play some uh, MTE events over there. That's the plan and the, and the goal. So should still be good around for the women. Let's go full jinx. And we'll just say, hey, this, this arena is going to be built. Will you miss men's games, covering men's games at Lawler? That's a great question. Uh, I think a little bit, yes. And I think a little bit of, hey, this will be a new chapter and it'll be exciting to cover a team inside a brand new state-of-the-art facility. But yeah. I think there have been a lot of memories, you know, that I saw as I was a, a student at the university yeah. in that gym, in, well, it's, or it's, it's that a, arena. And then, I was, was going to say, it's a great gym because there's no room. Now, when you're in the media, you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're all right, this, like, is, eh. this is a pain in the ass. But, but yeah. for the fans... And for the opposition, it, mm -hmm. it's a really tough place because, I mean, there, there, there is nowhere I've ever been. And I, I, I covered a lot of games in college in, like, really small, cramped gyms, old, like 50-year-old at that time. Um, Lawler has that uniqueness where the fans really are right on top of the opposition. It can be intimidating. Yeah, I believe it was last year, uh, you know, there was a question that was out on an Instagram post from the Mountain West, I believe, and I forget exactly which player it was who said that Lawler 
was like their toughest place to play in the Mountain West. And you think, hey, Lawler Event Center in Reno, Nevada, that was his toughest place to play. I mean, I think you it was think San Diego of all, State. I and you about think it. of all by the, the way, places. None of them named Thomas and Mac. <laughs> well, okay, the problem the problem here with the Thomas and Mac is in recent games with San Diego State, one they've not that they've won easily. Uh, but the most important thing is it hasn't been packed. So if you're playing in front of 6,000 fans, no matter how historic the gym is, it doesn't matter. And uh, in recent times, you know, Alfred's got it going, and now the crowds are bigger. And obviously, the muscle when you're there was just that, – that was insane. Yeah, that was nuts to watch. I'll, I'll give him credit. and We'll wrap on this. I'll give him credit to go back to the, the football thing. Um, he – I don't know how he got it so quickly, but he freaking got it, the rivalry. Like, there's a lot of coaches who don't get it. I don't know what who talked to him or – Man, he was – I was going to use a couple of bad words, but he, he was a jerk. Like, just freaking, we are going to stomp UNLV. There were a couple games where I'm like, are the Martin Twins really going to be in here in a 35-point game with two minutes left? I'm like, that's Musselman. Let's go. Oh, Eric Musselman. <laughs> he was a guy. It, I didn't mean to make, you know, bring up <laughs> memories where you're like, oh, no, I, I miss him. But, but he did, but he really he did, did a lot rivalry. of great – yeah, and he did a lot of great things for the Wolfpack community. I mean, yes, when he left, you know, Wolfpack fans were, were sour about it, the way it all happened and the way the breakup happened there. But uh, Coach Musselman did a lot of great things and a lot of memories and history for this Wolfpack men's basketball team that will forever be remembered by the fans and, and those who, you know, now see the Martin Twins playing in the NBA. Yeah. Televegas audience and uh, especially folks up on the web, Nevada Sportsnet, what are you guys going to have this week in terms of coverage from both of the media days? Yeah, both of the media days will have reports on Nevada Sportsnet uh, on our show, NSN Tonight, uh, from the women here on Wednesday and the men on Thursday. And then in the coming weeks, we'll have a 30-minute preview show uh, for the women and a 30-minute preview show for the men ahead of the season openers. So a lot going on as it's a busy week. On Nevada Sportsnet, we're also doing a pre- and post-game show and uh, televising, broadcasting the uh, Nevada UNLV game on Saturday. It all starts at 1.30 in the afternoon. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, coming up in a little bit, Curtis Terry's going to check in. Little running Rebel basketball Mountain West Conference preview is the uh, men's basketball media day for the Mountain West Conference is going down at Resorts World tomorrow. That's when the men are there. Today was the uh, women Lindy LaRock conversation coming up uh, after five o'clock. So VGK opens up last night. I want to get into the game more in depth over the next couple minutes, but um, I don't know, man. Maybe you can explain it to me. I think you're going to have to. I think you're going to have to take up for your guys. Oh boy. Headline, Barrett Sports Media. Tyler Bischoff. I know him. ESPN's NHL triple header, a nightmare for Vegas fans. Quote, what a nightmare. We're complaining about not getting enough sleep. I'm kind of lost on this because I didn't hear it. And I guess the vast sound crew could have pulled it for us, but they didn't. Is this about the fans having a nightmare or a nightmare or the press box having their sleep screwed up a bit by having to watch the game late? And uh, your guy, Ed Graney, was there, right? Yeah, and then not being able to get out of the arena, I think, is part of it, uh, probably. Uh, there was some absolute chaos outside. Like normal chaos or something No, special? no, no. 
it was it was my well I never like I'm always there way after the game ends obviously and nobody ever says nobody sends a text or anything last night I was getting multiple texts like stay inside that's like, good. do not come out people here it's have an to, absolute mess especially people in in the same line of work or friends when you're at a concert or a game, you absolutely, if you're at the front trying to get out and it's hellish, you've got to tell the people behind you. Well, there's also a couple Who fans. haven't left yet. There's a couple fans, too, uh, that were that were there. Um, just, I mean, look, this city sucks right now. Thanks, F1. You stupid, stupid race. Um, God, you guys are here. And also the, also the Super Bowl, uh, obviously, with a lot of that. We don't too. need big events in Vegas. No, we don't need to redo the entire city for these big events is what I'm saying. We already, we're already good enough. Yeah, we do it once for F1. It's good for nine more years. No, it's going to be every year. I'm good with it. Have to do it this. needs to be good. Oh, they have to set up the stands. Every year and, the, and do, redo all the asphalt and all that. No, no, no. The year. asphalt is good for six years. No. Yeah, right. Are okay. you trying to ruin it yourself? Okay. It's beautiful. Have you yeah. driven on it? Yeah. It's top notch. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. Oh, sure. you, have you driven uh, like the the turns behind the what Palazzo, going towards the Sphere? It's beautiful roads. Just that it was not. I was just there yesterday. Wasn't beautiful. Well, it's not beautiful to navigate. Yeah. The road is smooth as a baby's bottom. It sucks. Uh, there's all the traffic. There's it was it was chaos getting out of there last night, according to all accounts. Um, I waited for about two and a half hours, and it seemed to be okay at that point, but. Uh, it was a mess, but yes, I'm sure we're talking about that. But this—it's not just them. Like I, I'm sure what they said was, look, for two things, Ed on deadline that sucks. Um, being out that late, then trying to do a morning show that sucks. So for them personally, I get it. But we literally had Justin Watkins on yesterday, who is a massive fan of this team, right. and said I'll probably be leaving at the end of the first period. It's too well, late. He said because too yeah, late. He's, he's going to be tired. Yeah, too late. Yeah, that's well, that's what they're saying. It's too. It was too late of a start. Yeah, that's that's one fan. But then they listed the start at seven thirty. It started at eight eight fifteen. Okay, so what? No, it's fine. But I think for average fans, for me, I'm there. I'm there if it's if it ends at eight thirty in the morning. It's better night. Most average fans aren't going to complain. There was a lot of people gone by the third period. <laughs> a I will lot. tell you that, that was weird because I didn't turn it on until the third period, and I was actually going to text you. I'm like, what is going on downstairs? Yeah, all around a the glass. lot of people gone. All empty seats. Way too late for people. So now we have a rep as a city that will only show up for winners. And if they're not winning at the highest level, we sell the tickets. And now it's too late. Yeah. Too late for Vegas. So we've had back-to-back days yeah. on this show where we've had people saying, like, it has to be perfect, the perfect time. If it's too late, it's not that big a deal to us. We're going to leave. You've got, you've got cities, again, north of the border and in the U.S., like Buffalo, that never, ever win. And to all you fans who stayed to the end of the game, 3-1, what, like 14 minutes left? Is does it, is it out of reach at that point? I don't think it is. No. We've seen what's happened in the past really all over hockey. It's been the history of hockey. Sure. Comebacks happen. Boy, I'm on that. This is a tough one. But the weird thing about the story is it doesn't really reference any of that. About Well, the traffic has to be mentioned. But what does this story concentrate on? It just sounds like it was just a buildup. For at least two of the three hosts to complain they didn't get enough sleep. Is yeah, that what morning, we do? Morning shows. Oh, stop. Stuff. Let's put the shoe on the other foot, Steve. Let's see how you would have liked I it. Would be, I would be fine. I would never go on the air and complain about not having sleep because I wouldn't do it in front of him. One, there's, fans don't want to hear that. Yeah, we're looking bad in front of Reno right now. That's a good point. There's, there's somebody else. We, all, we sound like we're soft. You're right, Reno. But you you never you never would do that. 
I would never say in front of Adam, I don't, I didn't get enough sleep because of this yeah. or this because I was working. This, these jobs are fun. Of course, this guy doesn't sleep. But that's what I said. I said if the game ends at eight thirty in the morning, I'm, I'm there and I'm, right. it's fine. That's what time it ends. We're good. Right. Because um, you like your jobs, and you know what? Right. Most, most important on this that I have to establish is we like sports. <laughs> exactly. And I will say, and I don't know what is going on. I'm glad the first person they quoted is the passionate guy on the show. Listed as Danny, co-host Danny Smythe. <laughs> Excellent. I said to Damon, I'm like, I bet you Danny just spoke right over Ed, and Ed didn't even say anything. Ed's not quoted. I really, Ed is quoted. He said he woke up. What did he wake up at six sixteen or, and he was starting to freak out. So. Ed left about an hour before me too. I just want to point that. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I will. He left. What? <laughs> was after his call was done. Oh my god. Um, I got. I actually got. Uh, a little tidbit out of one of the players last night that I was I was working on writing writing up, so I was there a lot. Yeah, you know longer. what happened? You know when that happens? Later, there. yeah, later. Because yeah, you were there, yeah, of course. Because things course. Uh, things dissipate. Crowd wears a little bit thinner. Media yeah. crowd, and then uh, but I, Adam gets. A I will scoop. say that's why I he's would, the defending and reigning yeah. and future Nevada sports writer of the year. Exactly. Uh, there was God. There was somebody. Exactly. I really want to sell them out. I don't think I can. You looked over towards the Fox studio, I, so don't you can't hold back now. I saw well, you do to it. you, not to the listeners. Oh, you did it. I can't. Well, I can't. I can't oh, hold back. I'm very mad about this. Somebody, Ed, Ed, quote Ed. I was fortunate to be able to get up. Somebody who I thought would be, you know, they're there for everything. They're there to the bitter end of every game. Was like, yeah, no chance. I'm I'm staying past the first period. My father was a thirty plus year, <laughs> thirty plus year union worker. They would call them tin knockers, sheet metal union. That poor bastard. Can I read it? Got text? up somewhere between 4.30 and 5 every day and went to work every day. I don't remember him taking days off. Can I and I, I don't remember I, him coming home and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Now, did he take naps? Yeah. Can I point without? They're tired. They're, he barely got up to do a radio show. This is insanity. What are we doing? Can I point I'm out so the saying? Sorry. You know what? ESPN Reno, just pull the whole damn... Oh, I was going to say the station. Darn right. thing. Yeah. Pull this hour off. We don't deserve it working with guys like this. Can I point without saying where I'm pointing, and you go ask the person if we can say it on the air that they left? Gladly. Please do. <laughs> All right. Hold well, on. It it was, we know it wasn't Darren Millard. He's got to work. I want to oh, get to this text. Face. Let's not. We got. We got. We got some things to work. Six nine one eight seven. Keyword ESPN. <laughs> the chaos getting out last night. The chaos getting out last night was getting out of the arena because the banner giveaway. I left Sweet Exit and looked over and saw a huge bottleneck leaving the arena. Because of the banner giveaway, were they giving it on the way out? Sounds sounds like it. Sounds like they were giving you a little prize on the way out. Huh. If you want to text back and um, confirm, is that what you meant? Please do. They're also, and I'll, I'll, I mean, there was even when we left, like I said, the pr- two and a half hours after the game, there was about a hundred people in line for that elevator to go up to the parking garage. We, I mean, we took the stairs, obviously, but like it was wild. Which which uh, which parking lot? The one the, behind the Park, Park MGM, MGM one, or yeah. the New York New York Park one? MGM one. Yeah. At least a hundred people in line right. to get on the elevator. Yeah, it's the worst. I've walked both of those. Not fun. Yeah. With equipment too. No, I was on. No, I was on 10. Oh, really? Yeah. You went all the way to the top. Oh, yeah. Is that right? That's 10? 10. I did the whole thing. I didn't think it was 10. 10 floors. Uh, the, like the Park MGM one is, is 10. Oh, Park MGM, you're right. Yeah. It is 10. I yeah. think- uh, New York, New York is nine. It's nine? Yeah. I did that? Yeah. Okay. I, I never, I've never parked on 10. Are you crazy? 
I didn't know I was going to be taking the stairs, but, I, you know. Yeah. Well, so I usually I do uh, – I go to the top of every garage. I'm not doing this waiting thing and pumping the brakes and all that nonsense. That makes sense. Let's go right to the top and park and in the elements, and, yeah, it's 100 degrees. The only time get, that, that backfires is if, if there is a line coming oh, out, so then you're now you're on the top floor, and now you're going to have to go through every floor. You know, I, mean, ba- I, I would get another up. casino in, in town. Yeah. I waited over two hours one night. To get out of the garage. Why didn't you just get out and go back in and get something to eat? Because uh, I didn't know if it was going to clear up. I was like, if I if I wait and it's still two hours, now I'm going to be. And by the way, you got to pay for the amount of time that you're still in the garage for. Yeah, that's a good point. That would be <laughs> tough to swallow. That would eat me alive. I had the most wonderful experience leaving a parking garage this past weekend, where a guy <laughs> when you says, had a car. Yes, yeah, the good old days. The yeah, the other good old days. The guy says, "You got five dollars." I said, "Yeah, I got five dollars." He's like, "Roll it in the ticket." Oh. <laughs> a young out. entrepreneur. That's uh, smart. Smart. You know, it's funny. I was at Resorts World today for this media day, and they're charging ten bucks. Which you be it's a, a flat. It's a flat ten. Club member. Uh, I know. And I put the ticket in. The machine started. No, I put the ticket in. Uh, scanned it. Put my card in. It started freaking out. It's just like flashing. And then some kid walks up, like all grumpy, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's melting down here." And he's like, "Hits one button." He's like, "You're good." Go ahead. I wish he had done the. Hey, give me give me five. Half price. The only five dollars I had I, in my wallet too, you know, it was yeah. you know, meant to be. This is I, perfect. I had no cash today though. That would that, that would have been a problem. I told that story when I lo- I just lost my mind on the yes. on the guy too. Just yes. because Which, I had wait, paid. wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Which story? That was a couple. You yeah, exactly. You are the he is the One worst person I've ever for met parking garages. when it comes to parking lots and parking garages. Yeah. So we don't have time for you to tell the story. This is, this is, okay. Ten seconds? I'm out. Okay. I'm out. You're doing, you're doing a hard out yourself. Sure. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Alert. 766-1400 is the number. 775 is what you got to dial in the north. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, so we're going to let them off the hook. The morning show complaining about the lateness of the game last night. Well, I think they're the, the voice of the people. I feel like the average person Stop. was upset with the time of the game. Voice of the people. I mean, we're not. We don't care. I think the average person does care. I think more VGK fans are comfortable with a game that starts Why'd they late. leave? I don't know. I can't explain <laughs> that one. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, think, I think the traffic is the X factor. Mm. I mean, well, that's part of it too, right? Or, you can't sit in traffic; you got to get home. Or maybe we're going to find out this year that the since the team has won a cup, fans some fans have gotten really spoiled. Yeah, I mean, for 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 a game, a normal VGK game, I don't get home until well after, well after one, mm-hmm. and that's just what it is. I, I don't; it's not me that's complaining. I'm not going to complain about a time. I'd rather have things. But like, other media people, are. I'd rather the game start at midnight. I would love that; it would be fantastic. <laughs> Could actually get there in time. I don't have to try to try to drive these six miles in, you know, hour and twelve minutes from here to a game. It's crazy. So it's interesting. Some of the media, some fans were affected by the late start and the pomp and circumstance, but the team was not, which we thought could be a factor going into the game that it'd be too much celebration the last day and a half. They wouldn't be completely fired up for the game. They were fired up. I would argue that they it did affect them. Okay. Uh, I, I know you know talking to players last night. I know William Carlson was like, I thought it was going to affect us more than it did. But the first seven minutes of that game, they were horrific. They were terrible. They got crushed, uh, steamrolled, 
and they didn't give up a goal. So Aiden Hill kind of bailed them out in the time that they were not ready to play at the beginning of the game. And and then they got a goal off a rush, uh, which was completely against the run of play. And that, I think, settled them in. Because after that, they were much, much better. Uh, got you know Really got more comfortable with the game. But I thought right away they, they really struggled to come out of the – slowest banner raising in the history of the world i think i mean that, that the celebration thing. was slow no no, no the, the celebration up? was cool the actual banner lifting from the ice up to the rafters like people were like everybody's looking at each other like are, are they gonna wait till this thing gets up to start this game it's gonna be 11 o'clock at night <laughs> how slow is this thing going a lot and of people you, want video you, you see them, them, let, let it, you have but, to let them capture the moment but the players kind of gathered around to watch it be lifted and you could see at one point they were like is, I mean, how we have to watch this whole thing? This, how long is this going to take? It was. I mean, it was. I'm, be, I'm trying to be silly and funny about it. It was a. It was an awesome ceremony. It was. It was very cool. Uh, you know, I was. You know, you could see the emotion that the players had watching it. But I do think there was a point where they all kind of looked at each other like this thing is taking a long time to raise all the way up to the rafters. They did the slot machine. The banner came out of it. It raised up, and then once it started raising up, buckle up. You're gonna be sitting there for a while. And they didn't raise it to, to where it's going. Yeah, I saw that. They just kind of raised it out over the ice, and now it's going to be settled into where the rest of the banners are. But I thought they might have been able to do Is that. Is it a bigger banner than the rest of the banners? Yeah, it'll be a little bit bigger. but it's, It should be a lot bigger. Uh, or if it's too – if it's too – it's not – it wouldn't block fans, right? No, it's where it's going to be. It's going to be higher. I think last night it might have been blocking some fans. Boy, that that would be a hoot. <laughs> you go out for the banner night, and then you can't see the game? Well, I, I think there was a lot of people that were there for the banner, not the game. Oh, so maybe that. So you think that's the explanation as to why people left early? They just want to be part of the moment. Yeah, and it was late. And they, they were like, "All right, we saw what we needed to see. We're going home." Man, VGK fans are getting a bad rap here. Well, they've been getting a bad rap for five years with Adam Hill. Attendance wasn't it like an attendance record. I? No, I, it was most most ever for the regular season game, which I think they did on purpose, obviously. Teams do that. That's not a Golden Knights thing. That's a sports thing. They do that. You're saying the what? Eighteen nine something? Is that a lie? 18, no, it was eighteen seven sixty five. I think it was. Okay, somewhere somewhere around there. I, I like what from, you're insinuating here. It's not a Golden Knights. That's a sports thing where teams will sell a couple extra tickets or say they sold a couple extra tickets so they can say tonight was the biggest attendance we've ever had because of this kind of th- like that's what they want to do. That's not a. That's not a criticism of the Knights. That's not a criticism of anybody. It's just that's how sports franchises operate. If, if they have like a player retiring his jersey, biggest crowd we've ever had. Back-to-back days, you're getting a lot of looks from DeMond. I couldn't get in, so I'm still jealous. Record setting. Why? Wait, One guy was happened? absent. Why couldn't you get in? The car? No, the car uh, was not today. Pr- t- price of tickets. Too high? I've, and I'm, I lost that gambling, so I should have just went to the game. Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, finishing up on uh, VGK's win last night for now. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Adam was at the game last night. Damon running the show. We're live in the Finley Toyota Studios, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. All right, so give me the – well, first of all, was there breaking news on uh, the Knights? Yeah, Brett Howden. Uh, we expected him to get a review from the uh, Department of Safety from the NHL, and he did. 
result a two-game suspension for a, a hit to the head in the third period, which resulted in a major penalty when they were up 3-1. The Knights killed off that penalty. Uh, a lot of heroics from Aiden Hill and uh, late in the penalty, some uh, some good work in front of him. And they killed that off, ended up getting the victory, but uh, Brett Howden will go down, which uh, wouldn't be necessarily a disaster if not for the fact that Will, Will Carrier appeared to get hurt yesterday as well. So, What do you think his injury is? Upper body, Steve. Upper body. Yeah. <laughs> you know it is. It's back, baby. It's back. Hockey? Yeah. It's a good time. It's a real good time. But it was a good win. Uh, look, they, they, I think they expected, just talking to some people around the team, uh, including a couple of players, like they didn't know how it was going to go. I think you never do. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said publicly the other day, uh, these kind of games when you're, you know, when you're, Putting the banner up and uh, going through all these emotional things are kind of games you could fall behind three nothing in the first couple minutes. Just give up a couple goals, not be ready to play. Um, like I said, they they played like they were going to go down three nothing early in the game. They weren't great for a couple minutes, but they got a really really pretty goal on a, on a breakout. Uh, Chandler Stevenson put it in, finished uh, some really excellent passing uh, that got them up the ice. And I think that goal really settled them down. That's what kind of changed the tide a little bit, turned things around, enabled them to overcome that slow start, and then they you know, took off from there and, and got a victory. And uh, Bruce Cassidy last night after the game was talking about how early in the season you see a lot of sloppy play. And he said, I'm not criticizing players. It's not like you know, sloppy um, is just a, a function of being early in the year. You have some preseason games that aren't that intense, and all of a sudden it's like puck drops, season starts, it's full intensity. And guys are like, whoa, okay, I'm not really, not really adjusted to this yet. And a lot of times you see some sloppiness, and he said it's very important to just win. Like, don't care how you play. Don't worry about all those things. Find your game the first couple of weeks of the season, but find results. And that's what they did yesterday. It wasn't, you know, after the after the early stretch of seven minutes, it actually they played much better. But it wasn't the best game they're ever going to play. It wasn't a perfect performance, but they won. And just build up points while you're trying to find your game. I think that's what they're trying to do right now. Did you get any feedback from anyone who was watching on TV, the uh, ESPN broadcast, something I haven't seen before? Maybe it's been there and I just missed it? Mm, there's a certain announcer that nobody likes. I know that. Who's that? Uh, Leah Hextall. Yeah, so they don't like Leah? No. Why? Uh, I mean, I wasn't watching, so I'm not I'm not sure. It was a lot of uh, a lot of memes, me every time Leah Hextall speaks. And it was surprisingly a lot of female fans. What does that mean? What's that? What, what like, are you saying? You know, it'll be like somebody hitting their head against the wall. Like me, every time Leah Hextall says something. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, you know, people jumping off a cliff. Like me, every time Leah Hextall speaks. They don't like what she's saying or how she's saying it? I don't know. Uh, I, I just see a lot of memes. I don't see a lot of actual yeah. constructive criticism. But like I said, I at first I was like, oh, what are those just dudes that don't like her? But it's actually a lot of female fans that are just like, I hate her. I feel like she's not forceful enough. Like, I can't hear her a lot of times. Huh. Mike's too low? That's a weird one. No, I You're just You're a think, sound guy. I so. just think her delivery is not with force. She's very casual in uh, reacting. So you want her to scream? Like a – do a uh, Gus Johnson? No, you don't do, do Gus Johnson, but there's sometimes when you're so laid back that I, I don't know that the message comes across the way it should. So that's just, sure. my, that's just my opinion, but I, sure. I don't know why they would hate her. I don't – Unless there's some hockey knowledge where people are flipping out about our hockey knowledge, I don't, she sounds I don't, fine to me. Yeah, I, I haven't. I don't remember watching her on a game, but so what I was referencing, and maybe it's been there forever. Um, when player, I, you know what? I shouldn't even say this because maybe it's been around for like five years. Have they always had like a little pop up thing 
a graphic above the head of the skater that says who the skater is during the game. But they, were, they were doing every player? When I was watching, they were doing every player. That seems new. I feel like they would have, like, if they're talking about a certain player, they'd show where he was on the ice. As the puck was moving from player That's, to player, it was almost like it was, it was a more obnoxious. And it might have only been for, like, a small portion, but it was in the third period. I don't like that. Both teams? You know, it's funny. I watched and I paid attention. Uh, VGK had possession, and then he gave it up, and I got distracted by something, and I don't know. I, they must have been doing it for the other team. That seems but like maybe, a- maybe it is like a minute a minute stint. 69187 is our text line, our Finley Kia text line. Uh, seems like a lot put, of clutter on this Put thing. the code. It, it was cluttery. Put the code ESPN. I'm curious to see what people saw. Because when I was watching it, I'm like, hockey fans are going to hate this. Because I, I am one of the lone people who will still stand behind the blue puck and streak. Yeah. I liked it. The glowing puck? Yep, I liked it. Or maybe it was a glowing puck and a blue streak when it, it was. It was a, like a comet. I thought it was cool. <laughs> it was I, – I don't need it, but, I mean, I, I'm usually – I'm cool with trying different things. But people just hated it. Well, there's a lot of – hockey fans are as grumpy and stuck in their ways as any fan base of any American sport. It's true. I you keep sending the story over, and I do want to do it. Um, I don't know what what is what is tape, Pride tape. What, what's happening? Uh, they're they're banning banning it. I don't even know what it is. What is it? Well, it's just one of the things, Demond. Yeah, they're banning everything. Yeah, you can no longer use like different specialty tapes or different specialty warm up jerseys and things like that before a game. And a lot of those things they would use to celebrate different. Uh, you know, different cultures, different heritage. They've outlawed all of it. Yeah, yeah not like, even military appreciation's gone. Yeah. Oh, come on. Because certain people don't like certain ones, so they're like, all right, then nothing. I think you like this. I mean, it's not the worst idea, but I think you huh. – but then if, I, I would say you should make special exceptions for some of them. How do you make that, that point, Exactly. Then you have to make that decision. So you like the NHL saying, you know what – We'll just get rid of everything. No, because you know, you know what's next. What's next? Well, because certain players are going to start fighting for their, you know, political affiliation or like their, you know, <laughs> like if they have some, you know, some anti whatever group. But doesn't hey, I get to my, I do that too? Doesn't it solve it? Okay, you ruined it with this thing. Now no one gets anything. Yeah, it, there's it, no it, argument. It That's what I'm saying. It's I, I don't. Hate it from that perspective, but I think they should have maybe maybe like an approval process. You have to apply, get this approved, and then we're good to go. That's that's. But it's much. also just for the warm ups. I know. I agree. I understand. It's and not there's also a company the that started broadcast. making the pride tape, and they're like, "This is a big seller for us. This <laughs> is taking money out of our pockets." What is pride tape? It's a it's like rainbow tape to that like you put on the stick to show support of the you know LBGTQ plus community. Okay. Jonathan Huberto, the first player to start doing this, you know, he he was spoken to about it, and he said he, you know, he wished that he could still continue to do this. So you can't do pride tape, but you also can't do like camouflage tape. Yeah. Okay. They fixed it. <laughs> it's fine. God, it's silly. Moving forward. Some people couldn't ha- some people couldn't handle the fact that you know, it was that there was different lifestyles supported. I'm gonna look this up. To it, is it. this? Um, LGBTQ Pride Month? No. Is that February? Okay. 
What are no. the what are the hats they're selling that? in the NFL? That's a uh, intercept cancer. It's breast cancer awareness month. So now, like, it, but it's I've never seen it before. It's a, like a checkered pattern of I don't even I'm colorblind, so I've, I've it's like I've admitted that I've come clean. I'm very brave. Oh, June, June is pride? LGBTQ yeah, okay. pride month. But on the what is it? Eradicate cancer. Yeah. Intercept cancer. Intercept cancer. Okay, that goes with football. Sure. But is there? There's like a pattern, right? Because I see, uh, I see all these teams with these alternate hats, and I'm like, I don't understand why this hat exists. It's not a good looking hat. So I figured there had to be some purpose behind it. I don't think you're supposed to say that. It's not a good looking hat. Not, that's that's all. not very accepting of you. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> against what it's standing for. I just don't know who came up with a pattern of. Colors that I mostly can't really see, and I guess I see them enough to realize that it's not a great hat. I'm looking at the You're very hat. politically correct today. <laughs> I'm just looking at the hat right now. DeMond Her- hat looks fine. No, you I, not, I, 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 don't, I don't have the energy to I'm Google buy this hat, one. so turn your laptop towards me. <laughs> you don't have the energy. I'm going to buy one of these things. You're going to be walking back and forth to your house a lot. You are. Hold on. It's, it's, it, I don't like that it's snapback. I would like it. It's, it's loading. I would like a. Uh, oh, no. I would like more of a fitted look. That's a that's an okay looking hat, Steve. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> this one? Oh no, you got it. You got You got an ad come up there. Oh no, <laughs> we're doing pictures on radio. Pop ups are popping up. This is terrible. We're not. I don't even think we're don't talking worry. about the same hat. Our internet is very swift in here, so we're gonna be yeah, this one. Uh, yep, that's the pattern on the bill. Yeah. It's, and it's different for every team because it's different colors. Not, we didn't know you were pro cancer. That's fine. I mean, you can you can be whatever you want. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not. See, you should get. So there you should be approve a, of the NHL's move. You I'm don't not want to celebrate anything. Okay, just come up with Instead a better of hat. That's intercept all. cancer. Steve wants the cancer wins hats. That he not can, the can design in a different see, way. See now, what he's pulling us now is <laughs> what he was trying to do a couple of breaks ago, where I said I didn't like something, and. Then you throw. I didn't know this was a game that the cool kids with the Raiders media play. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I guess anytime someone has something that might be slightly offensive or a strong take, yeah, tweet that. Yeah, tweet that, Steve. That sounds like a fine tweet. That's it. That's- has anyone has anyone bowed up and said, oh, "Okay, I'll do it"? No, actually, uh, Case Kiefer is who we target the most. Actually, and Sam, no. Sam Gordon and Case Kiefer are the two we target the most. With that, does it really irk either one of them? No, it's, it's I was going to say Case. They're both pretty cool customers. No, we, I can, although Case has been make called case by you UFC media guys. Yeah, I can make Case lose the it. beta, the beta, beta male. male instead yeah. of alpha. They always call him beta, and I'm like, that's kind of mean. <laughs> case is like he's a decent sized guy. If you wanted to haul off, he played offensive. He also was like an all state offensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's as big as he was in high school. But he's tall. You know, he's tall. He's Fine, strong. Do you ever notice we're going off on a bunch of tangents here? No, let's go. Um, the group. I, f- I feel like the group of media people, for the most part, aside from a few, are, are actually rather big people. Not just weight, but height. Or or I'm getting smaller. Maybe I'm down to 5'7". Yeah, smaller. Yeah, who, who do you have in mind? I mean, you got Adam and Vic. Well, and- I, Case, is, Case Kiefer at the Las Vegas Sun is bigger than I thought he was. Like, I – boy, this is going to get me in trouble big time. Oh, boy. I'm short, but I don't feel like I carry myself short. I feel like I have confidence. Same I don't here. care how tall people are. You, I mean, did you hear this one last week? What's that? DeMond's a little shorter than I am. He told Little. a story about sitting next to a 6'8 guy on an airplane. I, bought, why, the extra, why was he sitting, I bought the extra leg room on a flight. Oh, he bought the extra leg room. The 6'8 guy was still squeezed in, and DeMond's like, whoa, I got a lot of room here. 
He bought well, the if extra next, leg room. If you're next to him, he had the extra leg room too. Yeah, he had the extra leg room. I just felt a little inadequate. You know, as, as I'm looking well, at him, you felt guilty. What, yeah. put, you put your feet up on. Oh, I guess you couldn't reach. I was gonna say, put, put your feet up on the tray in front of you and just like, ah, I need all this. But room. I like that confidence. Like, he's not a tall guy. Sure. He's like, I don't care. I want extra leg room. I don't think it's about necessity. I, think I got the luxury. money. I don't need a car. Yeah. This is, this is like, do I want extra leg room or to drive myself to work? So, anyway, long story short is uh, <laughs> I uh, there's a lot of times when I'm around uh, the Las Vegas media and I'm like, there actually are a lot of big fellas. But I also I cover. I also cover a lot of football and basketball, so naturally there are former players. But. Well, and like Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is not the tallest guy, but he's also a black belt. Like, God. Can, oh, like, Paul knows he doesn't want a piece of me. Yeah. Okay. No, he probably would. <laughs> we missed – We, I mean, we can rehash it. We missed out on one of the greatest moments in the history of we did. a media session. We did. When our friend Willie jumped in. I've never forgiven Willie. Irresponsibly when I really think that – they were going to at least meet. Paul Gutierrez and Derek Carr were going to at least meet face-to-face. Yeah. Because Paul is a very confident guy, even though he's about my age. But he's uh, – And Derek told him to watch his tone. Watch his tone. And then, <laughs> During and, a press and, and, Paul, and Paul said, or what? <laughs> and then Willie jumped in. Come on, Will. 